welcome to Our Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? Um, better than the previous couple of weeks. Awesome. That's good. Good to hear. <laughs> yeah, I'm finally getting my uh, insurance claim sorted for, mm. like, for my car. Hooray. Yeah. Um, I'm finally getting rid of the cold that I've had. Hooray. Uh, none of my pets have died. Hooray! Um, and I've been playing a lot of old school RuneScape. <laughs> Sweet, everything's coming up Millhouse. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, um, yeah. It's been it's been a pretty pretty reasonable week actually. Like I've had I've had a pretty crap time work wise. Yeah, but that's just true of everyone, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, everyone hates their jobs. So that's fine. Yeah, um, work sucks. I know. Oh god, <laughs> <laughs> it's far too early on in the episode to be doing stuff like that. Really. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's been pretty good. I haven't played a lot of Magic. Um, I've played almost exclusively Legacy and Commander. Cool. Um, because I've decided that I just want to play Magic to have fun. Yeah. Um, finally, I've been tweaking my um, Riku EDH deck. Oh, yeah. Like, my sort of... I mean, the main point of it is to cast Epic Experiment with Thousand Year Storm in play. That sounds pretty good. And that has been incredibly fun. Um, and then just playing a lot of Legacy. And I've been trying to... So, I've... Come to realize, so in, in our specific legacy map, there's a lot of like fair decks, yeah, a lot of like Grixis control and, and Stoneblade and stuff like that. So I've been trying to work out a way to because um, my, my, my like Maverick has a reasonable matchup against all of those, yeah, but I just lose to the card tree in Nemesis. Yeah, that card's a bit of a problem. Yeah, so I've been trying to like make my deck um, better against those matchups. Sure. So I put my main deck Planeswalkers, yeah, in Garrick Relentless and Nissa Vital Force. Cool. Just sweet, and uh, I'm now playing two main deck copies of Council's Judgment. Oh, nice! To deal with um, Chain of Nemesis, and it's yeah. good. Yeah. So, um, me and friend of the podcast Tom Pike were playing a lot of Legacy on Friday. Sweet. Uh, and <laughs> every time he played a Chain of Nemesis, it was just waiting until I drew a Council's Judgment <laughs> nice. because the games were really interactive and fun. We had a great time, and then he was like, "Oh, Chain of Nemesis!" Like, "Oh, great!" <laughs> <laughs> and then he was really far ahead, and then I drew a Council's Judgment. Um, but yeah, I've just been enjoying playing Legacy. I've um, done a couple of uh, drafts on Arena as well. Sweet. I really like this format, but I suck at it. <laughs> I'm still really bad at it. Um, turns out just take Skylight Legionnaire. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's just apparently just correct. Like, even over, like, the good Boros cards. Yeah. Like, it's probably correct to take a Legionnaire over, like, a True Fire Captain. Which yeah. feels so wrong, but it's just correct. It's, it's just a pretty good card. Like, I've, I've finally managed to... I mean, I've done two Arena drafts now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went 7-1 in draft where I drafted Boros sick rags and it was like two healers hawks and mm-hmm. just yeah I think just sometimes like putting that uh, that enchantment that plus 2 plus 2 can't block on a healers hawk does, yeah it just does like a yeah, surprising just, amount of work not, yeah that card looks so bad yeah it's like it is mostly it terrible but yeah, in maybe. like in the right deck I think that's it I think you just like if you can just force like a really aggressive Boros deck like loads of cheap things like it's great absolutely fantastic yeah um, and then the other one I did I drafted a Demir control deck which was was fairly interesting but I only went up like 5-3 with that mm-hmm. um, I mean, it just kept the... just kept getting run over by Boros decks see that that seems like more true in guilds draft than in, in most limited formats yeah it's, but you, you sort of want to 
pay attention to like your first couple of picks. Yeah. So normally you can sort of like your first few picks are just taking the best cards and see see where the packs go. Yeah. But if you take a couple of like really powerful Boros cards, it's probably just best to force Boros. Yeah, definitely. Um, same with is it Indomir and then Selesnya and Golgari. I mean Golgari is actually it's it's it seems a lot better than it was a few weeks ago. Yeah. I'm less down than it. I think Selesnya is just the worst by far. Yeah. Because um, you're you're just like dirtling and not really doing anything. Um, but Golgari, if you just take like the powerful cards rather than the undergrowth cards um, but yeah it's probably just best to force force decks which I'm not sure if that's good good as a limited format like as it goes like having to force decks to be any good yeah I'm, I'm unsure um, I, yeah I, I think I don't know if if force is quite the right sort of term I would use but it definitely feels like it definitely feels like it, like it's on rails like not mm-hmm. quite as much as something like Ixalan did yeah but it, yeah, it definitely feels like. Well, I've taken this good Boros deck, so now I'm the Boros drafter. Or yeah, I mean, I've taken this good whatever, and I'm now going to draft this. And I'm now locked into this guild, or whatever. I think yeah, I was saying it's, it's it's on rails, but like there's a lot, there's a lot of um, sort of decision making to do while you're drafting. Yeah, sure. So, so if you're in the Boros deck, there's like a lot of different ways you can go in this definite situation to pick. But like you said, like with the Ixlan or like rivals, it was yeah. just like. Oh, I opened this Murfolk Mistbinder. <laughs> Guess I'm just taking every Murfolk card. And it doesn't really matter. Like I'm not sort of making decisions. Like, what is the best card for Murfolk? Yeah. Whereas there are still decisions to make, and like there's still splashes to make um, in this format. So it's been. I don't think it's the best format ever, but I've been enjoying it despite being really bad at it. Yeah, I yeah. I just need to like do some actual paper drafts of it. I think because like I've only managed to do two so far, and like they were fun, but they were they were arena drafts, which are obviously very different to actual drafting with actual people in a pod yeah I mean I won't go into it but there's a lot to be said about the AI for the um, arena drafts like definitely yeah Demir and Boros are just so open yeah um, and you wheel stuff you should never ever like I've, I've I think I got an eight pick Skylight Legionnaire yeah like, that's never happening in paper <laughs> that's never <laughs> happening ever that's ridiculous uh, but yeah so how's, how's your week been? Yeah, it's been decent. Uh, like I said, I managed to do a Demir draft on Arena, which was cool. I've been playing a lot of Arena, surprisingly. Sweet, um, I've played none. <laughs> yeah, just enjoying Standard. Like, <laughs> yeah. It feels really, really strange. Like, enjoying Standard and enjoying Standard on, on Arena. Like, I just never thought I would I would be like that. But yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's very easy to... Well, it continues to be very easy just to jump into games and, and have some Ooh. fun. And yeah, like, I've got the Jeskai deck that I want to play on Arena now so I'm fairly happy with that sweet and it's just yeah it's just the ease of playing games is cool uh, other than that I did uh, two drafts of the core set cube on Magic Online oh sweet that was uh, it wasn't great I mean yeah it doesn't sound great in the premise no I think <laughs> it yeah it, it's probably one of the weaker cubes I've played uh, mm-hmm. I just seem to just get destroyed by mono blue like every round. Um, yeah, yeah. It was just like I don't know. I, th- I think I was just a bit unsure how to draft it, and was like, "Oh, this card is a good card in cube. Typically, I'll take this." Or, "Oh, this yeah. seems good because it works with this." And then, uh, yeah, <coughs> just just didn't quite get it together for whatever reason. Sure. Uh, so I probably won't be playing any more of those. I don't know if it's still up or not. Uh, and then yeah just, just played a bit of vintage online as well trying mm-hmm. to keep up with how the meta sort of shifted a little bit after Eternal Weekend is it some... still uh, Paradox Galactum? 
yeah, a start's still a great deck. Shop is still a great deck. Like they aren't mostly great decks, but there's definitely seems to be a little bit of an uptick in like the the four color Leovold deck, which is pretty cool because I'm as much as I dislike that deck in Legacy, I'm quite glad that Vintage has a as you know a bit of a new contender. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's, it's always it's always uh, interesting when a new deck sort of pops in a Vintage because it, it seems to stagnate quite a lot in the meta game. So yeah, it can do definitely. That's uh, that's really cool. And then, yeah, other than that, I did a, yeah, played a surprising amount of Magic this week. I did the standard showdown yesterday. Sweet. How did that go? Uh, it went better than it did last week, where I went, like, 0-3 with Monoblue. <laughs> that leaves a lot of room for, <laughs> for not great results. Yeah, so th- this week I ended up going 1-1-1, one, 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 <laughs> and that was, a, that was an unintentional draw. Hey, that's, wait, what are you playing? Uh, I'm playing Jeskai Cards I Own. Oh, okay, so you're not playing Mono Blue anymore? No, not anymore. How do you no. draw with Mono Blue? No. <laughs> this seems impossible. No, you, you draw when you have a Teferi in play, and then... <laughs> your opponent doesn't concede. Your opponent's playing control deck as well. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, uh, it was great, it was good fun. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, en- enjoyed it a lot. Like, I... I think Jeskai is the deck that I want to play in Standard currently. Uh, I just need to get around to buying the cards that I need so like mm-hmm. a, a, like a land base like sacred foundries I just need sacred foundries really well, that's, that shouldn't set you back too much then yeah no cool but yeah it was fun definitely enjoyed it we'll probably play standard showdown again next week I think mm-hmm. sweet cool uh, yeah then other than that I guess really the, the big thing to talk about this week was the pro tour this weekend yeah. Did you manage to watch much of it? Yeah, I watched it a surprising amount. I think <laughs> it's just been like yeah. a very, like a strangely magic filled week for once. <laughs> Every time we say that on this, uh, you know, Magic the, Magic the Gathering podcast that we run, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually play Magic and like engage with Magic. I'm oh, cool. It's me yeah. too. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I, I I didn't watch much of it. Like you know, I I have things to to do over the weekend. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I went to the cinema instead of watching the Pro Tour final. Which in hindsight, bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> much, much less enjoyable and much more expensive. Um, but yeah, I managed to catch bits of it, and it seemed pretty sweet. The, yeah, the, the, the it, it, it was definitely like there were some pretty interesting sort of draft decks and like draft like moments in like draft games. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. I saw like the awesome combo of um, I can't remember the name of the card at all, but it's like the it's like the big worm that can't be blocked by more than one creature. Oh. Uh, it's a Golgari card, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, someone had one of those, and then they stuck the sword on it, which gave it menace. So it just couldn't be blocked at all. It was sweet. Ooh, that is a card that has gone up drastically, in my estimation. Yeah, uh, Glaive, Glaive of the Guild Pack. Yeah, that's the one. So because it says because I've, I've drafted that card in like the five color nonsense Guildgate deck. Yeah, and because it says uh, it cares about Guildgates and it says that on the card, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people were looking at it being like, oh, well, I'm not drafting a Guildgate deck, so this card isn't good. Yeah. So it's just an equipment that grants vigilance and menace. It's yeah, pretty, it's fine. pretty good. It's fine, definitely. Um, it's yeah, that card's really, really good. Um, that sounds like it sounds like a pretty sick combo. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was one that I I hadn't actually seen before, or like seen mm-hmm. anybody talk about before. So I, I don't know. Maybe it just managed to fly under the radar a bit. It just seemed obviously mm-hmm. seems very obvious in hindsight, but yeah, to see that actually happen in a game, I was like, wow, that's that's really cool. That's really that interesting. Really cool. And then like standard is. Standard is just really good, surprisingly. Yeah, it continues to be amazing. Yeah, it continues to like evolve and like we still see sweet decks. And I was, I, I like we've we've had Pro Tours before where just you know there's there's been a best deck going into the tournament and that's sort of been proven by the Pro Tour. Yeah. 
but I don't think that happened this time. No, I would agree, definitely. Like, I know we are a couple of weeks deep into the release of Guild of Ravnica, but it still, it just doesn't seem like there is like a definitive best deck. No, I think it, it looked like it was Golgari going into it. Some kind of Golgari mid-range deck. Yeah. That was, I mean, that was the most represented deck on day one, right? Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, but it turns out, I can't pronounce the first word of this card, the, the Honor Guard. Help me out. Uh, it is Adanto. Uh, no, not Adanto. Uh, Tecotli. Tecotli Honor Guard. That one. Yeah. Turns out, that, uh, that just, like, you know, sort of <laughs> craps all over the Golgari deck. Yeah. And it's such a bad card, I love it. <laughs> I love when bad cards are good. Um, but yeah, it looks like, you know, white, white cards were really good this weekend. Yeah, I think... So obviously, you take a look at the take a look at the top eight, and it was six you know, white, red, or, or pink queenie decks, and it was one Jeskai deck, and then one Is It Phoenix deck. Mm-hmm. I think that like that doesn't necessarily mean that that red white deck is the best deck in standard, mm-hmm. uh, just because there were you know there were quite a few of them in the top eight. Uh, it had a, you know had a decent conversion rate and you know, spoiler alert, it did it did win the event. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, I think like we've talked about before when we've spoken about like pro tours and like meta games and stuff and like the pro tour tends to sort of favour more aggro builds anyway. I think that just yeah. kind of comes as a, comes as a bit of a symptom of the, of the pro tour of the, the field there, mm-hmm. uh, and that combined with obviously the the standard. Portion, I mean, yeah, the top eight really does is is slightly skewed by the draft portion as well, not just the yeah, portion. Like you, it, it just kind of feels like you realistically you could have just taken any any deck, and as mm. long as you did well enough, like you know you five ones at least in the draft portions, then you probably stood a decent chance of top eight. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, any top eight that features this many copies of Healer's Hawk, yeah. In actual constructed. My favourite thing about that were the decks that were playing Rust Will and Wing Falcon as a meta call against Healer's Hawk. Yeah, that's so sweet. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's, it's um, really sweet. I I think we saw a couple of decks that, that, that sort of looked like this going into it, but there seems like some fresh sort of stuff to, to digest. To yeah, some. definitely. Uh, Archive Phoenix continues to be great. Yep. Uh, History of Banana continues to be the best card in standard. Yeah, quite probably. Like, it was certainly the most played spell over the weekend, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with the Danto Vanguard. Yeah. Um, Jeskai, the Jeskai Control deck. I still, I still don't understand that deck. I, I, I mean, I, I think, I think this, this is the thing. Like, you have, you have different, you have multiple archetypes, and you have different builds within the archetypes. So. Obviously, there was uh, Wilson Mox, Jeskai Control deck, made it into the top eight. Uh, I think playing four copies of Teferi is correct. Yep. Uh, the three Crackling Drake, like, I'm still not sure on. Like, I'm not sure whether you want to play, like, a creatureless main board and then just creatures in your sideboard, or if you want to be running, like, main deck Niv Mizzet. Like, I'm st- what, I still what, don't know. That's what I was thinking. I mean, I think with the, with the mana base of. Um, of this deck, like all of your lands cast in Mizzet. Yeah, because there's no there's no basic planes, so I think it's fine to just have the two Mizzets Because most of the time, like ninety nine percent of the time, if you untap with that card, you just win. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, so I'd rather than just the crackling jokes, which don't seem to fit into the game plan. Yeah, really. I, I think, like, personally, I think that uh, Guillaume Waffotopper probably had the best Jeskai build. Mm-hmm. He's playing like three Crockling Drake main, two Niv Mizzet main, three Teferi main, and then he's he's got like the four copies of Deafen and Clarion. He's got like four uh, Chemist's Insight, four Sinister Sabotage. Uh, he's playing one Justice Strike, and uh, he's playing two Expansion Explosion main board. I still think you should be playing for that card, but yeah, I I don't think it's correct to argue with Waffer Tapper about a control deck. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It seems like I'm going to lose that argument. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it's still definitely a deck. I think people are still trying to work out the the correct build, which is which is sweet. Like, there's different. There are different builds of the same deck all yeah. across, sort of, you know, the the winning decks, um, which is really really cool. It's uh, it's upsetting to not see a lot of uh, a lot of Celestia. Yeah, but I mean, it was it was certainly there. Like, you could certainly, <clears throat> yeah, like Celestia tokens. There were definitely. Uh, standard decks that had eight wins. Yeah, absolutely. like yeah, like Kenta Harane's deck. Um, again, like four down to Vanguard, Vanguard, uh, three Yamara, three Tristani, four Venerated Loxodon. That card did some work. Yeah, that card's great. Uh, two Ajani Adversary of Tyrants seems like pretty cool as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, like four copies of History Manalia. Like the, that that deck seems solid. Like it went eight two. Which is great. Like Mono Blue went like ten nil in the hands <laughs> of like William Gothier. Like yeah, yeah. Even when it goes in the, that whole it twenty creatures, happen. sixteen spells, four enchantments. Like yeah, twenty yeah. basic islands. Amazing. Even if it goes undefeated on a, on a pro tour, I'm still not going to respect that deck. Uh, it's I, I I respect the deck very much, but I think it's it's one of those decks where like the right player just has to be playing it. Absolutely. So um, I, can, I can see why somebody who who is a very good tempo player could could easily go ten nil at the mm-hmm. proto of that, but yeah. you know, obviously you know the, the Graham's standard. I mean, sorry, Graham's draft draft portion obviously didn't go as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I was a big fan of Seth Manfield's Celestia Midrange deck. Yeah, three three main deck Lyra's, three main deck Karen's Tyrants. Yeah. Just and um, like with with the Alana Royals and Druid, the Druid of the Cows, um, it seems really sweet. And then you just leverage your uh, seven Planeswalkers to sort of grind the game out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it was really sweet. I saw a lot of ridiculous history of banana mirrors. Yeah, <laughs> there was a game that I was watching where someone just went the history, and then the opponent went history, and then they went history. <laughs> and the went history. It's like okay, cool. Um, so there was a lot of that going on, but I mean, it was a very very diverse meta game. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, is there anything particularly like spicy? In terms uh, of I, I I mean, yes and no. I think the okay. the result that stands out. I think if we're looking at like the whole list is like obviously, Grixis Control at seven and three. But yep. then you look and see it was piloted by Shota Yasuoka, so obviously, <laughs> it's not really that spicy. Yeah. Uh, just yeah, it was a really really cool solid deck. Three Nickel Bolas, three Doom Whisperer, twenty four spells. Search for a scan, uh, two disinformation campaign, one eldest reborn, twenty six lands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looked like it looks like uh, kind of the decks that people were trying to build at the start of this format. Yeah, with all the all the sweet demir cards and then like a nickel bolus. But uh, I mean, I don't think I mean it's proven that no one else could have done that, that oh, well. Yeah, with absolutely, absolutely. Like I said, it, it definitely 
in anybody else's hands with that record it would have been like okay wow this is amazing but yeah yeah, yeah. yeah like it's no surprise Shota turned up for Grixis and it's also no surprise that Shota did really well with Grixis disinformation campaign yeah Big yeah time. I really like that I, really I, yeah I guess there's, there's certainly a deck that I think it's something, something to, to think about with that because yeah. I think, like I said like people were doing that at the start of the format I mean, having a disinformation campaign with a uh, Doom Whisperer in play seems like absolute gas. Yeah, it seems pretty good, definitely. If you don't obviously murder yourself. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. Um, I'm excited to see how Stanley goes from here. You know, we've got like. I mean, even Turbofuck was still there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's the big question, really. Like, where do we go from here? Yeah, I have absolutely no idea. Because, like, usually I think when you come out of a Pro Tour, it's. it's you know, if not, if if the the deck that won wasn't the best deck, very clearly there'll be, you know, two or three decks that you can argue, oh this you know this is actually the best deck or this is going to be the best deck or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah, like it very much just does feel like a very open field, and mm-hmm. I think that's a really good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I yeah, I have no idea where where it sort of where the metagame moves from here. Yeah. Golgari is still very good. Yeah. Though the honor guards are shutting it down. Um, Arclight Phoenix is still very good. Yeah, and Phoenix is great. Some, the sort of white weenie decks are... They, they came out on top, I suppose, because, like you said, six copies in the top eight. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure how, how the metagame evolves. No. I think, like, obviously people generally will tend to gravitate towards that white weenie deck because it won. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's It's... You know, I mean, I think most of standard is fairly affordable at the moment, but absolutely, I think that deck in particular is is like a you know it's a pretty affordable deck. I mean, it's almost entirely uncommon, right? Yeah. Um, uh, apart from like history, history banalia is obviously the, the expensive one. Yeah, so you've got history banalia, legions landing, venerated locks on Benelish marshal, and then like the lands, but the rest of the main deck is common to uncommon. Yeah. Um, which is sweet. And it, yeah, it's 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 always interesting to see how pros approach the format because I don't yeah for sure I don't think anyone was looking at Healer Talk before this tournament. Right? No, oh yeah, no, definitely um, not. I mean, yeah, like so if you look at uh, LSV's decklist, yeah, from from the finals, just like Dauntless Bodyguard, Healer Talk, uh, Lean in Vanguard, which I definitely definitely forgot was a magic card. Yeah, <laughs> every time it was on screen, I was like, what does that one do again? I thought it was the um, what's the other one from the one that's like Hero of uh, Bladehold. What's that card? Uh, I do not know. When it attacks, make two one ones, right? Uh, no, no idea. Okay, that one. <laughs> nobody like nobody plays cards like that up here. Here is my problem. Like we, sure. everyone wants to play control decks from the north. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that like a, a stereotype of northern magic players? Maybe. Want to play control? <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, like I, I kept thinking that card was, was, was that card. I was like, yeah. you've, got to, you've got to be really brave to play that. Sunday. They weren't playing it; they were playing Leonin Vanguard. Yeah. Uh, Vanguard. Yeah. Sky March Aspirin, Dante Vanguard, Darnie's Pride Mate, Bellish Marshal. Yeah. Pride of Conquerors. Yeah. I, I saw that card do some serious work this weekend. Yeah, like Snowpawn Sentry, like four copies of Snowpawn Sentry. <laughs> yeah, what the hell's that? About? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like it's just like a really lean deck list. It feels like Goblin Chainwhirler would have done a lot of work against this deck yeah definitely um, I, I guess 
the I mean, LSV's deck had no copies of Beyond the Guard, um, but I guess that stops that. But yeah, it feels like Goblin Chainmailer would have done a lot of damage. Yeah, probably a lot of X ones in this deck. But yeah. I suppose Vanguard, like um, Adato Vanguard, doesn't die to it. But paying four life from lots of Chainmailer, yeah, it feels very bad. Yeah, definitely. I think I wouldn't be surprised if if that is the way it goes. Then if people do start to gravitate towards chain whirler again like obviously everybody everybody felt like it was safe to play this deck and weren't expecting a lot of chain whirlers mm-hmm. so maybe that just shifts for like like a fortnight or so mm-hmm. yeah i yeah, don't know like, i feel like maybe maybe we are just we just live in live in a time of a constantly shifting standard meta game now and i don't think that's a bad thing at all yeah i agree there 100% i think it i think it probably sucks for you know sort of players on the ground I guess like people playing FNMs and stuff yeah yeah having to keep up but like you said like the, the decks aren't even that expensive for, yeah for, for standard decks I mean it's like you could probably you can get a tier 1 stand you could get the deck that won the Pro Tour for like 100 quid so probably a bit more because of the because of the history of Benalias, but yeah oh sure sure yeah. Um, but I mean the rest the rest of the decks are incredibly cheap outside of like the lands but yeah. even they're reasonable for for shock lands um so it seems like a, a really good time to be playing standard, and I wish I was playing more of it. We've covered that. Yeah, we've I, covered why we don't play standard. Yeah, for sure. Like I'm, I'm really, really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think I need to change my my standard arena deck because uh, Trustani does not feel like the way to go. Unfortunately, no, no I, don't, I don't think so. Uh, regardless of how much I love that card, I don't think it's it's like the best card to be playing currently. <laughs> um. You just play twelve one drops instead. <laughs> apparently, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the way to go. Apparently, which, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think, I think maybe we do, we do just see a resurgence of Chainmailer to combat this, and then mm-hmm. like the Golgari decks, or you know, something that plays Carnage Time, and probably or like beat up on Chainmailer, and then we'll see see it shifting back to the white deck maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm just not. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm very excited to watch it evolve. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a sweet deck that was. It, it sort of took its sort of creature base from the Golgari deck. Yeah. Um, and then just sort of played four trust armies, four marks, four multitudes, and four conclave tribunals. Yeah. And that seems very much up my street. And it was also playing four path of discovery. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, I guess if you play a March of the Multitudes with a Path of Discovery in play, you don't lose. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine so. <clears throat> I guess that's one way of beating um, beating Chainwheeler, but it was playing like a, a Branch Walker, Jaglet Ranger, and Wild Branch Walker. Yeah. Um, so that seems pretty sweet. But I mean, there's a, there's a lot to there's a lot to do here. And I think, like, like you said, like you could take any one of these decks to um, a PPTQ or any, any kind of local event and do well. Yeah. It's just sort of you're able to pick something that suits your style, and I think that's what I've been enjoying most about this this standard format specifically. Is you can pick up what you enjoy. So if you enjoy playing a control deck, there's definitely one for you. If you enjoy playing like nonsense tempo, there's a deck for you. Yeah. Acro there's a deck. Um, Mid range there's like several decks. Like value there's a deck. Because um, even the gruesome menagerie deck is like fine. Yeah, for sure. The Drake deck is sweet if you sort of like combo decks. Because it's, yeah. of, it's sort of like a combo deck. Um, I feel like I, sh- I should really enjoy the Drake deck, but I, I just don't. I think I just find myself enjoying playing a playing a more just like creatureless control deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like I, I don't 
I'm not sure. I'm still not sure how I feel about cracking Drake. Um, like, it's, it's very good. Like it can just get you out of nowhere. I think I think I think I think I really like it if you're also playing Arcpike Phoenix isn't trying to get your opponent dead. Yeah, for sure. But if you're trying to <clears throat> follow up a cracking Drake with a fairy, it just feels a little bit confused. Yeah, but I think well, in formats where you're like following up with a I dex when you're following up with like a um, like a deafening Clarion. Yeah. Like kill most of their creatures and give your Crackland Drake lifelink. Like, how do you come back from that? Sure. I mean, that, that makes a lot, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, it's also interesting to see Boris Angels sort of fall off a bit. Yeah, definitely. That sort of that that um, fits in with how I was feeling. It's like this deck can't possibly be good. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what it was in place, like it, it has individually powerful cards, but I just don't think it was it was there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like that this has sort of proven it a bit. Well, it's, it's still represented, but there wasn't a lot of it yeah definitely it wasn't like what it was I sort of thought like like at one point a couple of weeks ago when it was like oh this is probably just the best deck like oh, everybody's just going to play this mm-hmm. uh, like obviously Boros did very well at the event but mm-hmm. it was a very different kind of Boros absolutely there was like no Aurelias yeah um, and it's nice, it's nice to see this you know coming off of stand formats where it was dom- dominated by Team Energy and then you know dominated by Chain Whirler it's nice to have such an open format yeah I think it's Kaladesh was a mistake and I'm really glad it's gone absolutely um, speaking of which I, I opened a Kaladesh fat pack yeah uh, A why did you why did you do that and B how did that go <laughs> <laughs> well, well it was t- okay so uh, Chaos Cards had the sale on right it was £12 yeah it was like £14 including shipping for a Kaladesh uh, fat pack yeah it's like sweet value that seems great and I'm an idiot I like to open booster packs <laughs> <laughs> um, and then so I was opening them in the van at work and I thought I'd opened all the packs and just got nothing like the best card I opened was an Aetherworks Marvel yeah um, and then I got to the last pack and I opened uh, an Inspiring Vantage I was like great <laughs> that's that's a like three and a half dollar card um, and then I so that was when I was out um on delivery yeah and I, I got back to the van and was like clearing out the van and I found a booster pack I was like oh I didn't open this one and I opened a Chandra ooh nice so that was pretty sweet <laughs> uh, turns out uh, I've done the maths and what, what what I opened didn't pay for the fat pack yeah <laughs> yeah just like oh, Chandra's $13 now I assume she was still expensive no I mean obviously she doesn't really get paid a lot in, yeah. in like she obviously she is playable in modern and legacy but does not actually get get played a lot like she definitely gets played in like commander and cube and stuff but yeah yeah and that's where she's going right that's where she's going into my commander deck. yeah um, I think it's like it's absolutely fine picking them up now for like a long term thing definitely yeah definitely you can't see them like considering they they printed one million booster boxes of Kaladesh like I can't see them reprinting Chandra anytime soon I don't know Ultimate Masters no, she's not going to be in there. <laughs> There's going to be two planeswalkers, and we know exactly who they are. That's fine. Sure. Um, what, what's your beef with me? I think boost bikes. Uh It's just just horrendous EV. Like, oh yeah, I'm all about horrendous EV. <laughs> Wait, that's li- literally my entire life is based around horrendous EV. Fair, fair enough. Fair <clears> enough. <throat> that's what I like to do. Um, but yeah, like a sweet sweet tangent there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's nice to see like a, a properly diverse, diverse format. Yeah, definitely. It kind of just makes so me wish that the the GP was standard because I would probably play in the main event then. Yeah, but 
I mean, you can play standard sideways. Yeah, which feels feels kind of weird saying that, but yeah, maybe I will. Uh, I mean, you should just play legacy sideways. But nah, I'm just gonna play Ultimate Masters drafts all weekend. To be honest, thirty five pound drafts. I'll, it's my plan. Just gonna. Oh, is that they've, they've confirmed how much they are now? Yeah, yeah, it'll be thirty five pounds to draft um, Ultimate Masters at GP Liverpool, which I think is fine. Uh, it's yeah. better than most stores are gonna be able to do it for. Um, yeah, and it'll be release weekend, so we assume that most of the vendors will still be buying the cards at decent prices as well. Okay, sweet. So, we've got a plan then. Yeah, that's my plan, I think. Just going to yeah. rinse all my masters all weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think after we after we recorded that episode, <laughs> uh, talking about awesome masters, the, the entire last week has just been me and you having an argument about masters. <laughs> yeah. Just like, still disagreeing like we talked for like an hour about it <laughs> yeah that, that's still, it it's, like, it's like I, I I understand the point like I really do mm-hmm. I, un- I understand the product I understand that it's a good product yep it's you know if you take out any sort of emotion attached to it at all it's it's a fantastic product but I don't know just for me the fact that it costs more than the mythic edition is just kind of a little bit insulting Sure. <laughs> what, yeah. what we'll do is we'll just we'll just uh, transcribe our messenger history <laughs> from the last like five days, yeah, and put it on our Facebook page. Sure, people can read the arguments. <laughs> no, no, I agree with you, but also <laughs> this has just been the entire conversation we're having. It just feels um, bad. I don't like feeling bad when I don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's all it's good EV. Yeah, it is. It's great EV. And you love you love good EV. I know. And I love horrendous EV. <laughs> it's, it's, so I should be from like you know. So it's confusing. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I think I, I think it's it's totally fine. It's good EV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe, good EV Loudon. That's, that's how it works. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens when the rest of the the, the set gets spoiled, which is happening next week. Um, I'm again, like quite looking forward to. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see what else they put in because I think there's a lot of room for a lot of sweet stuff. Yeah, I assume it, it is just going to be as ridiculous as it should be. Uh-huh. Like, uh, I'm calling Prismatic Omen and Valakut. Yeah, Valakut's a good shout. Um, yeah, I, I can I can probably I can imagine both of those cards being in there. Prismatic Omen has needed a reprint for ages, and it'll be the kind of it'll be like Scapeshift. Yeah. Where it's I mean like that card should have been printed ages ago, and it was it's really expensive. And it's only really expensive because it hasn't been reprinted. Yeah. And as soon as you re- reprint, um, as soon as you reprint Prismatic Omen, it will go from being fifty dollar card to like a seven dollar card. Yeah, for sure. Which is about the price it should be. Yeah, and maybe maybe they'll finally reprint Obliet. Ooh, I hadn't thought about that. That'd yeah, I mean, I can't imagine it'll be a a common or even an uncommon, to be honest, because like as much as I'd love them to, like they're not going to put like a fifty dollar uncommon into a set. That's I. They did it with serum missions. It wasn't. Fif- it wasn't fifty dollars though. Yeah. No, I mean, they're willing to. They're willing to put expensive like cards that common and uncommon. Yeah, yeah, for sure, but not that expensive. I think if they do reprint it in the set, it will be a rare. Yeah, but I think that's still fine. It'll probably. Yeah, it'll still, still decrease the price. Yeah, and like it's not played anywhere outside of pauper. Mhm. It's a bad card. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. It's just a sweet combo with Grey Merchant Master though. Yeah. It's like two Ultimate Masters podcasts in two weeks. <laughs> I could probably That's... talk about it forever, to be honest. Like uh, getting like more information about it on the daily, and it's like 
<sighs> so many, so many thoughts, so many feelings. I mean, it, it's going to work out great for everybody in the end, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, that's my point. It's, it's like it seems, it's it's the magic player effect, right? It seems horrendous from the start, so people get upset about it, and I understand that. Yeah. But eventually, it's just like okay, but it's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. And then in, you know, once once the set releases and everyone's paid their, I mean, it's also worth noting that in the in the US, most retailers are selling them for less than the MSRP. Yeah, yeah, and that's it's happening over here as well. Like the cheapest boxes I've seen online are two hundred and ten pounds posted. That's see, that's a really good price. Yep. So you know, stop complaining, Joe. <laughs> that's my advice. Yeah, I mean, they're not. You know, most stores won't be doing that. Um, basically because you make next to no money on it at all mm-hmm. uh, yeah like uh, yeah I mean I've, I've seen I've seen some of the figures on like what some stores are buying are buying it at and stuff and it's yeah uh, I don't know we'll see what happens yeah we'll see that's anyway treat it until then just play some standard yeah buy some overpriced standard rares instead <laughs> yeah that's my plan so are you are you sort of locked in on playing Jeskai like an actual version of Jeskai as opposed to Jeskai cards I own? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think like so. I I didn't have any copies of Defin and Clarion. I was playing so obviously yeah. The, the deck I was playing yesterday was was just just Jeskai cards I own. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Have, I didn't have any copies of Defin Defin and Clarion, which I think is kind of essential. So I've ordered four of those from Magic Card Market. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm just going to pick up some uh, Sacred Foundries. Cause I don't own any of them currently. Really? Yeah, really. Yeah. You own zero, but you're you're like a collector. Yeah, but like, I knew there'd be a reprint soon enough, and was like, I'll just wait for the reprint. Okay, sure. And now you can make it fairly cheap. Yeah, like I've never played a never played a deck which has run them ever. That sounds. I believe that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> never registered a sacred mountain in a deck ever. Yeah, li- yeah, literally no, never have, <laughs> never have, never really planned to. But yeah, I figured like. They're going to reprint them soon enough. When they announced Ravnica, it was like, oh, well, I'll just pick them up now. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. Yeah. So if, if I mean, if I don't pick them up before the GP, I'll certainly pick them up then. Yeah. Sweet. So, yeah, so kind of speaking of Jeskai cards I own, mm-hmm. should we do a What the Deck? Yeah. <laughs> so this is a What the Deck Pro Tour Guilds of Ravnica special edition. Yeah, and it's um, it's important to note that because uh, we you know we've been called mean on this segment before. Yeah, uh, we can't be mean to this person because they went seven two and constructed it a proton. Yeah, definitely. Uh, neither of us have ever done that. I probably never will do it. So <laughs> <laughs> we can pull apart this necklace because they're clearly a compass magic player. <laughs> that being said, uh, we have Jesco Midrange from uh, Samuel Poncher. Yeah, and uh, this is a pile. Big fan. Big fan. It certainly certainly does look like Jeskai cards I own. Deck. Yep. Which there's no shame in in playing because I've certainly played that over I mean, the past is, week. Yeah, I mean this is a very different, uh, a very different flavor of just my cards I into and what I imagine you were playing. Yeah, definitely. This, so. So, this just seems to be. We'll get we'll get to the next in a second. Just seems to be Boris Angels. Yeah. Oh look, I can play these blue cards. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to run down the deck list? Yeah, it's very odd. Like it, it very much feels like blue is the splash color in the Jeskai deck here, uh-huh. whereas I feel like. That's that's not correct, and like, if anything, red should probably be your splash colour. Mm-hmm. Almost certainly. Yeah, so we got four copies of Adanto Vanguard. Mm-hmm. We got three copies of Knight of Grace. 
three copies of Resplendent Angel, a two Aurelia, Exemplar of Justice, one Raph Capuchin, Ship's Mage, yep. <laughs> four Rekindling Phoenix, three Lyra, Dawnbringer, two Teferi, Hero of Dominaria, Combos nicely with Raph, you can flush them in on your opponent's end step. Oh, that's what I want to do so badly. Uh, and it's got seven spells after that. We've got two Disdainful Stroke, one Justice Strike, two Lava Coil, two Lightning Strike, uh, four copies of History Banalia, two Ixalan's Binding, and then 25 lands, which again just doesn't seem right for a Jeskai build. Uh, we've got four Clifftop Retreat, two Evolving Wilds, uh, four Glacial Fortress. One island, one mountain, five planes, four sacred foundry, four steam vents. And then look at the sideboard, we got one disdainful stroke, one lava coil, three negate, three seal away, one deafening clarion, one Ixalan's binding, another copy of Raph Capuchin, ship's mage, <laughs> two settler wreckage, one Lyra Dawnbringer, and one Teferi, hero of Dominaria. Relegated See, to the sideboard there. Yeah, of course, because that seems completely correct. Yeah. Um... <laughs> um so, I mean, this went, right, like I said, this went 7-2, so it can't be that bad. But it looks really bad. It just looks really strange. Like, I don't think I've yeah. seen a, a Jeskai build like this at all. It, it, they've just, they've taken a Boris Angel stack, right? So you've got yeah. Hands of Vanguard, Knight of Grace, Resplendent Angel, Aurelia, Rickenly, Phoenix, Lyra. Like, those are all the, um, and History Banali, those are all the sort of stock Boris Angels. cards, stacks. yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, and they've just trimmed on copies of cards. Yeah. To just slot in to fairy, wrath and disdainful stroke. Yeah. But why? I mean, to fairy is obviously fantastic. Sure. So yeah. like that's I mean that's probably acceptable, but. Sure, but I mean what what so what you're casting with your two untapped mana from your to fairy plus one is two copies of disdainful stroke, a justice strike and two lightning strikes. Two lava is... coil as well. Lava coil is fine. Um, yeah. It's not, it's not an instant though, so you can't cast it with your Teferi on taps. That is true, yeah. That is something I also learnt this weekend as well, that lava coil is not an instant. Gee, you thought it was an instant? I, 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 I need to learn to read the cards, to be honest. Dude, that card's already really good. <laughs> it possibly be an instant, that's ridiculous. Um, yeah, like, it just seems a very confused deck list. Yeah, it's like, definitely. Okay, Teferi's probably like one of the best cards. It's probably the best card in the next to a history of Banalia, so why yeah. not just play both? Um, but but also play Aurelia <laughs> and Raph Capuchin or yeah the one of Raph, Raph Capuchin is the the one that's really standing out to me like it feels really strange like a uh, 4 mana 3-3 three, three, flash and flying it doesn't seem great like sure, obviously like the ability is really cool like you can cast historic spells as though they had flash which is like mm-hmm. that's great for your history banalia <laughs> or your teferi or, you know, a bunch of your creatures. I guess you got Lyra, you got Aurelia. You could flash them in, but... Uh, yeah, but I mean... Surely, can... like, just playing one Settle the Wreckage would have been better? Um, possibly. I guess you get to do the sort of surprise, here's a Hesher Banana block, here's yeah. a Lyra block. I mean, there can't be much things sweeter than flashing in a Lyra Dawn, right? Uh, flashing into Fairy will... Like, I mean, that's the dream, isn't it? Like... Mm-hmm. But that's the thing you're not in you're your not end step fashion to fairy hero of Dominaria. Like, sure, who has ever said that ever? <laughs> um, uh, Samuel, Samuel Poncho, I imagine. Yeah. Um, but like, you're not doing anything else with that mana, so I, I like that when you're like also holding up, you know, um, sinister sabotage or stuff. But like, sure, you've got one, two, one, two, three, four, five, five instants. Yeah. 
in the main deck. Uh, in your cyborg, you've got a lot more. Like you've got another disconfort, you've got three negates, three sealaways, yeah. and set all the wreckages. But in the main deck, you're not really doing that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're not holding stuff up. So you're just like, I've got. So instead of casting your Teferi in your main your, your main phase, you're doing it in like end step and sure it means you get to dodge removal yeah but I I really don't think that's worth playing the wrath yeah I, I, I agree I think like yeah I think I would rather just play like I said yeah I think I'd rather just play one copy of the settler wreckage over that wrath mm-hmm. like it always feel like you know determined to play Jeskai with mm-hmm. those cards yeah then just play the third copy of Teferi over the one Wrath like because at least Teferi yeah. is like you know unanswered which some decks completely do just leave it unanswered like you're going to win the game and then like it also just is a target that has to be dealt with that might buy you a turn or two whereas like Wrath dies to like everything I don't think I care about Teferi in this deck if I'm playing against this deck and they resolve, resolve it to fairy, yeah. whether it's speed or not, I don't think I care. Yeah. I mean, what's it doing? Like, I'm sure they get to untap and hold up Lightning Strike. Sure. Yeah. I don't think that's particularly scary. I think I'm more scared about the live draw ringers and like yeah, it's like Rekindling Phoenix, definitely. Yeah. Like I'm far more scared of that than I am of Teferi, and yeah. that shouldn't be like Teferi should be the scariest card in the deck for playing Teferi. Yeah. I think um, so. It just, it just isn't. And that seems really strange. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. It feels a bit odd. But no, literally, yeah, 7 2 and constructed. Yeah. So maybe I'm wrong and this is just really good. I mean, again, it just depends on, on your matchups, though, doesn't it, as well? Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's obviously three copies of Knight of Grace. Like, Knight of Grace is going to be decent against, like, a field that is, is a bunch of, like, white weenie decks. So given that it has first strike, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I'm just more confused by this deck than anything, really. So if you look at a, um, at the Boris Angels deck that Martin Mueller played, yeah. In place of the Teferi and the Wrath, we've got um, a full playset of Lyra in the main deck, yeah, and uh, Tukatli on the guards. Yeah, that seems right, and that just seems much better, especially if you're like expecting a lot of Gargari yeah and your mana base is much cleaner yeah um yeah exactly it's like playing Evolving Wilds like who's playing Evolving Wilds I just played Gilkates before I played Evolving Wilds probably yeah probably I mean is there is there a sick combo I'm missing no with Evolving Wilds no that's what I was thinking maybe maybe there's because normally if someone's playing Evolving Wilds there's a reason right like you need to shuffle or you need cards in your graveyard or something like that, but look, there's literally no reason to be playing a modern world outside of fixing. And I think yeah. fixing's so good in this format. Like, um, they just go control decks aren't playing a modern world. No. Um, I, I think the only reason you should be playing a modern world is if you're playing like a shard that isn't supported. So if you're playing like Esper. Yeah, or like, yeah, if you're playing like four color or five color or something. Even then, the mana's just great, right? Like the yeah. Rainbow Lich deck. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is quite disappointing, actually. Yeah. Just to to go back to the topic, there's no there's no Rainbow Lich, right? Yeah, I, I was quite surprised by that. To be honest, like I would assumed that it would have been a you know I mean I haven't seen every single deck list, so I mean maybe it was a non-zero amount, but I would assume there would have been more people playing it. 
Yeah, I think there was um, a couple of people playing it. I, I was I was going through Twitter. That was my main my main interaction with the Pro Tour over the weekend. Just yeah. like just catching them on Twitter when I could. Um, but yeah, like I think a couple of people played it, but there's, there's no representation of it. Considering everyone was like going nuts about it and saying like it was really good. Yeah, there's like no representation. I suppose it's a really really difficult really difficult deck to play. And having like two weeks to practice with it before the Pro Tour on like the most ridiculous, like tight play deck you can possibly play. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's probably not not the best idea. No. But yeah, there's just a mid range deck. I just can't I can't get behind it at all. Yeah, this is certainly a certainly a what the deck if there ever was one. Yeah, definitely. but it, you know it did well. It did very well. Um, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't be able to do that well with this deck myself. I don't know. Maybe yeah, it's, maybe it's one to like try out in a in a competitive standard league or something. Um, on Magic Online. I think I want to spend all that money to play bad deck. <laughs> I, I, mean, I could probably just rent it, I guess. Oh yeah, sure. Are you actually, are you actually on the renting at the moment? Yeah, yeah. Oh sweet. Okay, how's that going? Eh, it's fine. It's fine. Are you? Is it? Affordable? Are you like grinding leagues to get like to fund it, or uh, not as much as I should do? But I, I certainly think it's affordable. Sweet. Okay. I uh, yeah. I think it. I think it's. I think yeah. I think if you, if you want to play standard, like uh-huh. there are certainly worse times to play standard, and there are certainly worse ways of doing it. I think if you if you really kind of want to jump into <coughs> playing regular competitive standard, like just yeah, mana traders renting a. Renting, renting standard decks is the way to do it, I think. Especially because <coughs> the format's so open and you know the meta is, is evolving quickly. Yeah, I, like I, did, I did it for a while, um, but it just became like sort of unaffordable for me personally. Yeah, I think, I think it's sort of the way to go if you want to grind uh, competitive magic. Yeah, for sure. Are you renting your vintage deck currently? Or do you uh, no, that? I'm not. I own that. Sweet. Yeah. Good. If I figured I'll, I'll probably never own one on paper, but I should. I should probably just own one online. I mean, you can say that you own a vintage deck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I do technically. Exactly. Hashtag branding. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. Sweet. Cool. So I think that's pretty much all we have time for this week. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to find, oh, well, actually, yeah, one more thing before we do go. Speaking of Magic Online, there was a pretty cool announcement today. Oh yeah. Uh, so they announced the 2019 Magic Online Championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Mox is having some changes made to it. Which I think is it's pretty cool. Uh, wait, so th- wait. Are we going to do a positive reaction to a decision what you've made? Yes. Oh boy. Definitely a positive. Yeah, a positive reaction to a pretty cool decision they've made. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, basically, like they are they're changing the way the mocks works. Like you know, monthly monthly mocks are like going. They should be called mocks prelims now. Uh, they're gonna, you know, they're taking place pretty much every every other week anyway, so it kind of doesn't didn't make sense that they were called like monthlies. Uh, there's gonna be like just way more ways to play in uh, format playoffs or format championships and more format challenges coming. Uh, you're gonna have uh, this new sort of uh, biggest change they're, they're calling the format focus. So format fo- focus events take existing format challenges um, and they're turning them into sort of the first step of Premier Player qualification mm-hmm. uh, format focus events you can play your favourite format all the way to the Pro Tour is what they're saying now so sweet. they're keeping them the way they are, there's no prizes being removed to make room for these sort of new format focus events entry options aren't changing, none of that uh, now it's just that 
uh, all players in a format challenge event will get a new format points on top of their prizes. Format points can qualify you for any of the format playoff events, which lead to format championships. And then they can now qualify for the mocks as well, and then the Pro Tour. So you can qualify for the mocks purely by playing vintage? If that's what you wanted to do, yeah. If you want to play uh, anything, pretty much anything, to be honest. Like, you've got, like, modern, legacy, standard, vintage, pauper. You could play pauper format challenges to get into pauper format playoffs, to get into pauper format championships. And now you can qualify for the box in uh, in pauper. That's awesome. Yeah, so, like, essentially you could do nothing but play pauper and qualify for the pro tour. You do nothing but play vintage and qualify for the pro tour, which is something that I th- I think I'll be giving a go. You're gonna grind to the pro tour playing vintage online. Yeah, that's that's the plan. I, who, I mean, we'll see what happens, but uh, make, make for a hell of a story. Like hardly anybody plays vintage online, like especially at the moment as well. Mm-hmm. So I I think like that may genuinely be a an actual way of getting to a pro tour that might be easier than something like a PPTQ or like a, like the new PTQs whatever they're going to be okay sweet so we'll see I mean I'll update people on my progress I guess as, as the updates roll out mm-hmm. but yeah I think it's a very good positive change the fact that they with this announcement they clearly seem to be showing that just because arena's here like they're not going to leave you know, Magic Online in the dust. It looks like sort of standard is kind of going to be the focus of Arena, and that they are going to keep pushing like other formats, like Eternal formats especially, and then things like sort of Cube and like uh, like other, other sort of weird formats like Chaos Drafts and like Momia and stuff on Magic Online, which is cool. So fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, fun stuff. Fun stuff that people want to play. I think it's it's nice having. That confirmation that they're going to keep supporting non-standard formats. Yeah, definitely. To because uh, I think that was a worry with like the success of Arena is that you know these formats were going to sort of fall by the wayside. Yeah. Um, but even if it's just online, like it's nice to see them them supporting like even vintage. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, definitely. They've said like, yeah, basically the whole thing. There's going to be more cards. There's going to be more formats. More pro tour invites. Um. The one downside is that. Uh, 1v1 commander events uh, are going I think yeah all event support for 1v1 commander is going to end with the release of Ravnica Allegiance oh uh, really but apparently they weren't very popular anyway oh is that online yeah online yeah oh I got the impression they were reasonably popular uh, general commander is but not, not 1v1 commander <coughs> but 1v1 commander is like the sort of best way to play it online because multiplayer commander on uh, magic online is just heinous yeah <coughs> yeah i mean you can still play like multiplayer like multiplayer format commander but play it 1v1 this is like specifically like dual commander french commander whatever it's called oh that's really interesting because i mean the 1v1 commander is sort of it, it exists online and it informs the paper game as well like, yeah. that's interesting I'll have to go go away and do some some thinking, some like research about that. Because... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, go go give, like... give the article a read. It's definitely definitely worth looking over if, if you if you do play Magic Online at all. It seems like a bold move. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Cool. Cool. So yeah, I do think that is all we have time for this week. Uh, if you want to get in touch, hit us up on social media. 
uh, just tell us how good that Jeskai mid-range deck actually is. It's not. They won't do that because they can't. <laughs> <laughs> Again, like just you know, keep telling me how wrong I am about uh, good old, good old Ultimate Masters. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you know, we'll start ramping up the hype for GP Liverpool. If you are going to attend GP Liverpool, let us know. We'd love to meet up. We'd love to jam some side events. Mm. Whatever. Always cool interacting with people. Uh, we <coughs> may have a pretty cool episode coming fairly shortly that I'll be quite excited to reveal once we get that sort of solidified mm-hmm. but until then you can find me on my personal social media uh, I am at Peach Garden Oath uh, on Facebook and Joe Loudon as always I'm pretty much any of the magic groups you'll find me there mm-hmm. uh, I'm on Twitter Snail69 nice thank you uh, don't, don't talk to me on Facebook <laughs> <laughs> I've officially decided don't talk to me on Facebook sure sure you won't have a good time and I'm sorry <laughs> whereas if you do want to find Hour of Devastation on Facebook we are just facebook.com slash hrefdcast uh, or on the old Twitter we are at hrefdcast mm-hmm. so once again the Godfire has returned uh, we are approaching the second hour so we'll see you again next week on Hour of Devastation mm-hmm.